But this morning, I am speaking, in, I'm, I'm going to be speaking and sharing, and not only me, but I am delighted that uh, Nolene is going to be sharing a little bit with you today as well. And uh, Nolene and I have walked uh, quite a journey, and we still walk a journey. And I have said to her, for, for many, for quite a few years, that I have a vision of her one day sharing, uh, sharing with me that we, we can minister together. And, and today is the start of that. Today is we are seeing that happening a little bit. Um, and so I am delighted and I know that you're going to be blessed uh, through um, what she's going to be speaking. But today we're going to be speaking uh, into, and I've titled it, God's Chosen Treasures. And it's coming from 1 Peter 2 verse 9. And there's a, uh, a little bit of it there at the bottom of that picture. And I just felt that this picture of a pearl in the oyster is such a prophetic, significant picture of treasure and value because the story of a pearl is that a pearl doesn't start out beautiful, but it becomes, it becomes increasingly valuable as it stays in the oyster. And, and the start of a pearl is a little bit of dirt that gets into the oyster. And then the oyster wraps, uh, releases a mucus, a, a substance that wraps around that bit of dirt. And it wraps around and it wraps around. And the end result where there was dirt is a priceless pearl. And that is, and it is of high value. And that is what God does in our hearts and lives. Um, and he is the one that brings us, makes us valuable. And one of the, a, a, a motivation, where did I get? Why was I thinking about value? And I was listening to a podcast uh, by someone called Paige Pritchard, and, and, I, and I want to honor her for, her, for what she shares. Um, and Paige Pritchard, she, her podcast is actually about finances, and it's called The Purposeful Penny is the name of her, her podcast, um, and her, I wouldn't even call it a ministry. I'm not sure whether she is a believer or not. The purposeful penny, but I was, she has got so many valuable insights into finances and wealth and how, what you can do with your money, etc. And my daughter uh, has been telling me about the purposeful penny and Paige Pritchard. And so I want to say today, moms, be willing to learn from your children. There are few things that I'm saying today that I'm speaking that are being, that where my children are speaking to me, they have 
Um, they have told me stuff and, I, and have, has impacted me substantially. And this is one area, Paige Pritchard. And she was speaking about how we value ourselves is what is, go is going to impact how we deal with our money. Our value, where do we see our value as being? And what our value is, uh, and, and how we outwork that is substantially how we see ourselves and our value. And so I'm not gonna share that right now, but, but it, was, it was really significant. So if we can just jump into um, reading 1 Peter 2 verse 9, and it says, but you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. And this is, this is where I, got, I took my title, God's Trojan, Chosen Treasure. And what is chosen treasure? What is value? How do we see that? How do we work it? And um, this is the Passion Translation, which is a, a translation that is taken uh, that that is taken the from the original the original words of of the Bible from the original languages Greek and Hebrew etc. and and has taken it and allowed words that have um, emotion or the colourful aspects of of description and etc and bringing it into into the bible so so it is accurate from the original languages but just bringing um bringing emotion and capturing the emotion in our language of today and the note that that um uh brian simmons speaks into the scripture just really for me captured what is the meaning of value and that is captured here god's chosen chosen treasure and it is the hebrew word for treasure is segula which means a special treasure or possession it is used to describe guarded wealth indicating the placement of the king's treasures king's jewels treasures, etc., in a safe, protected place because of their extraordinary value. God says that each believer is a priest and king, his unique and special treasure of great importance, a treasure above all other treasures. And it's speaking uh, about how God has he has placed a treasure inside of us. He has said that we are his treasure. We have inherent value because of who he is, because he is the one who makes us. 
who has made us and that guarded wealth that we have a value inside of us. We are a value. And, and what does that mean? Something that is of value needs to be guarded. It needs to be valued and treasured. And, and here, 1 Peter 2 verse 9 is speaking that we are God's chosen treasure. He has chosen us. He has selected us from before the beginning of the world, before he even created the world. God chose us. He, he set apart little bits of himself. And I want to just read a, just a little paragraph from this book, The Divine Romance, by um, Jean Edwards. And it shows, it just speaks, captures what God, how God saw us and, and this concept that he chose us, he selected us, he put who we are and our value came from within himself even before he started creation. And, and it just says here, just before he, God, launched this grand adventure of creating the whole world, a very mysterious thing took place in God. In his very center, an event occurred which no other eye was ever to see, no other mind ever to conceive, the greatest mystery of all ages. A thousand million portions of God burst upward in escalating light. Each of these portions of God ignited into flaming brilliance, as if to proclaim that each had been chosen, even marked off for some special distant destiny. What was this? No one knew, for there was no one there to know. And no one would know, for it was a secret that would remain hidden almost to the end. Nor could any mind save God's ever conceive the profundity of this vast mystery, an infinite mystery hidden in God. And Jean Edwards is capturing here a thousand million portions of God burst upward in escalating light. These portions of God, and it's speaking about the, the portions of God, how God uh, chose and set apart parts of himself that he, he set apart to be placed into our souls as we uh, give our lives to him, as we are born again, these parts of him that were destined to be in each of us, he places it as a, as a, a deposit inside each of us. And that is, the, that is our value. That is the, the thing of incredible worth that he has put inside of us. And he has called us out of darkness to experience him. And why did he do this? He did it so that we would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. So what are some other words for value? So I found this or, or saw this, just this uh, fun little slide. What are other words for value? And here are two pigeons. There's a movie. I can't, I, I meant to ask my children to remind me what the name of the movie is with these pigeons. Abby, do you remember? 
the movie? Pardon? Okay. Um, and so here, there is the child pigeon on the left who is asking the daddy pigeon, the learned one on the right, what are other words for value? And here are some of the other words, some other words that we can say for value. Precious, prized, esteemed, dear, respected, cherished, appreciated, valuable, treasured, loved. And those aren't all of them. They were a whack more um, as I was, when I went on Google, was just like different words for the word value. And if you think of each of these, that is who we are. That is how we can describe we are to God. That is who we are. We are precious. We are prized. We are esteemed. We are cherished. That is how we ought to be seeing ourselves in terms of our value. That is how we should be seeing one another and valuing one another. And this is a huge part of where moms are, come in. Where moms are such a significant and important part of declaring and speaking and helping us, helping children, helping young adults, helping those around us, helping our spiritual children to know you are valuable, you are precious, you are worthy, giving opportunities because what you have to bring is worth the world seeing it and having it and knowing it. So, and, and I want to just, my mum is here today, my precious, beautiful mum. And that is part of what my mum has done for me. I remember a, something that was very precious for me uh, was when I was at boarding school. I... I was at boarding school from when I was about nine uh, for my whole schooling career. And so I didn't have the privilege of being with my mum on a daily basis and her being able to speak, you are valuable, you are worth stuff. We didn't have cell phones when I was at school. We couldn't message, we couldn't, we couldn't um, have those texts going. Uh, but my mum, one of the things my mum did every week or every two weeks was my mum would sit and write me a letter. And I, <laughs> I would get a letter as a, at boarding school every week. And as boarders, one of the special places was times in the day was you'd have lunch and then you'd run back to your boarding house and you'd check the letter table. I don't know if any of you have had that, um, had that experience. Cynthia's um, nodding her head. So Cynthia, you were, you were a boarder too. 
And my mum would write these letters, six pages, seven pages, with all the news of what's happening on the farm and who did this and who did that. And, and it, was, um, it was a labor of love. She, why did she do that? It was because my mum valued me, because she loved me, because she treasured me. She took time. But my mum couldn't just suddenly, oh, it's letter day today. Okay, we had letters every, uh, I mean, letter day was every day. But my mum had to write a letter. She had to, uh, had to work it and then put it in an envelope, put some money on it called a stamp, and take it to the post office and then post it. And it would take however many days it would take to get there. And she would sometimes get my dad to just put a little bit at the end of the letter. Um, but my mum so often in, that, in those letters would tell me, I love you, you're so amazing, you, you, we, we treasure you, we value you. There was so much value that my mum gave me or spoke over my life with her letters. And I still have those letters today from 10, 12, 14. Um, I don't have all of them, <laughs> but I have some of them. And why don't I throw them away? Because they're a treasure to me. Because they communicate a value to me of who I was. They were part of shaping my value. They were part of helping me to know that I am valuable. <laughs> Shark's thinking I need a tissue. But, um, and I want to encourage you today to, to just think, young people, we don't have so many older moms in the service today. We do have, have in our church, but they're not here today. But I want to I want to say to you, are you valuing your moms? And um, as Jacques said, sending a message, a letter to your, uh, a message to your mom today, I value you. But it's not just in words. Do you value and push into the older generation? Do we treasure the older generation and say, I value the wisdom that you've got. I, I want to draw on it. There are so many older people who feel thrown away by their families today. There are many older folk who don't feel that what they've got to give, the world values and appreciates. And while how we value ourselves is... And, and we act out of our value, but we also have a responsibility to pull on the value of the people around us. And uh, my, my folks told, us, uh, told me a, a, a situation recently, some friends of theirs, where they set up, uh, they wanted to go away, and they, they got some holiday place and holiday time, and... Uh, in the Berg, 
and they invited their family from Joburg and other places to come on holiday with them. And their family didn't. And my mum and dad were telling how their friends were so hurt because they were like, you know, our children could have valued having this time with us, but they didn't. They, they didn't come. They didn't come. So the parents were on holiday on their own, but their heart was wanting to be with their children, wanting to connect. And so um, just this thing of us valuing our elders, valuing us as young people, and, and seeing the value in one another. And I'm going to ask Gukle, uh, Abby, Babalwa, if you can just bring um, this. I, an aspect of our value is in the fact that God has made us and he's created us and we're made in his image. And uh, girls, you can just give, just give, I, I think, just give, well, give two to each lady. And so I decided today, we're giving gifts, we've given flowers to the moms who are physical moms. But I wanted to give um, a gift of, this is air-dried clay. And maybe if the guys would like as well, they can have one. Um, this is air-dried clay because with clay, you mold. So if you can go to the, the clay slide, um, Amu. With clay, you mold you can make something out of clay and it is just a lump of clay at the moment. It is a little piece of clay at the moment, but it can become something really beautiful as you work it, as you uh, mold it, and fashion it and form it. And I gave this, I wanted to give this to each lady today because God is molding you. He is making you. He has placed a value inside of you. And as he, he molds us, he creates us. Our value is because of our creator. And he creates, he fashions you. But Isaiah 64 verse 8 says, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. And it's because he molds us that that gives us the value. And I'm giving you the clay now because, ladies, I'm inviting you to open it and to mold and make something with it while you are listening. Pardon? And I, Abby, I actually, it's at the back in the thing, you're, the little thing that you made, it's in the box that's in the office. Uh, but, so, you could mold a little key ring, if you like. You can mold, Abby made a, a little heart out of the clay. You can write something on it. It'll dry on its own in 24 hours. Um, but, so if you're not going to work it now, 
then put it back into the cling wrap if you look at it at the moment. Um, but it will dry within the next 24 hours and then will set hard. And so you could make a, a little key ring, a little ornament, a little flower, um, or, or whatever you would like to. But this is what Abby made with her little piece of, of clay. And it's got love written on it and the cross, etc. And it's still hardening. Um, but this is valuable because it's va it has value because of the person who created it. It also has value because if Abby's made this and then she gives it, its value comes from the one who gives it. Is that right? And so, and so this is a reminder to you. And I'm giving this to all of us ladies because you have the capacity, you have the potential and the destiny potential of being a mom that makes a difference like my mom made in my life, makes in my life, continues, and that you do this to other people, moms. And so, but... God is our Father. He is the one who molds us. We can't, as the clay, say to God, God, why did you make me like this? He's made each of us unique and significant and special. Um, and have, we have incredible value, each unique value, because of how he's made us special. And I'm going to ask Nolene to come up and share now. Jacques, if you can just get the mic ready for her. Um, to come and share now just how her value, her experience of her growing up um, was different to mine. And I'm going to leave her to share herself. Come, Nolene. Morning, everybody. Um, uh, when I was asked that I must share my story, um, a scripture that came to mind was Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Um, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart, consecrating you, and I appointed you as prophets to the nations. That's when God showed me this picture of a puzzle being made. Like Jenny showed you with the clay, um, I saw God making us or, or putting our lives together like a puzzle. Um, I brought a puzzle because not everybody knows what puzzles are anymore. Um, a puzzle, it comes with a master copy, which is the picture of the puzzle. And then it comes with little pieces inside that you build to form this. 
Now, a puzzle, it takes about 2,000 hours to manufacture a puzzle. That is getting a picture, printing it on a flat cardboard. Then you get an artist, an artist that draws the little puzzle pieces on the picture. And then it goes into a machine, which um, the, there's actually metal parts that get molded into the shape of the puzzle pieces that the artist drew goes in the machine and it gets cut into these little pieces. And then we buy it or I buy it because I love building puzzles. And a puzzle can, it can take days to make a puzzle. It doesn't just come forth. Um, now imagine God making this puzzle, you and me. Um, and we being our lives, being the puzzle pieces. Um, he didn't just one day come and say, oh, I'm going to make a Nolene. No, he took his time. It takes time to fit the pieces, to decide how the piece is going to look, how you're going to look, um, what your personality is going to be. Um, and it, he took his time to fit. We were so valuable that he took his time to fit these pieces together to make your life, to make you. Now, I saw it as when we're born, God gives us this puzzle, our lives. Now, along life's journey, sometimes we lose some of our pieces. Somebody, sometimes people just steal one of your pieces. Um, but in life, God, this copy, we, to build the puzzle, you need this copy because you can't build it without this. And that's where God's got the master copy of our lives. Um, and God, he doesn't keep the master copy so that he can remind himself of how our lives should be. But it's to remind us to look at the master copy for guidance for our lives. Now, along our journey, as I said, we lose some puzzle pieces. We try and fit in wrong pieces together, which doesn't fit. Um, and sometimes our puzzle just falls apart. Um, let me explain this by telling you my story, my life story. All right, uh, I was born on the 2nd of April, 1976. Um, a couple of days before my birth, my father passed away. So this father figure was ripped out of my life. It didn't impact me that much as a baby, but as you got older, and I remember in one class they asked us to tell them about our father. And I couldn't do that. I didn't know what my father looked like. I didn't know what a father figure looked like. I didn't have that in my life. Um, at the age of about six months, um, my mom just abandoned us. She left us on a beach in Durban and she told my five-year-old sister to look after us. She climbed on a plane and she flew to Cape Town, leaving us. 
So my mother figure just disappeared. I didn't have a mother. Um, and I co couldn't understand how can a mother just leave her children like that? Didn't she value us enough to actually look after us? Um, my, my grand then adopted me and my brother, and my sister was adopted by my aunt. And from an early age, I was sexually abused by two men that stayed in our house. Um, my innocence was just ripped away. Um, I was being used. And normally the adults, they were supposed to be the adults that protected me. They didn't protect me. They used me. I had no value to them. I was just a child and I was just supposed to keep quiet about all this. Um, my grand, she wasn't aware of what was happening. Um, she, she tried so hard to protect us from the outside dangers that she didn't know about the dangers inside the house. As I got older and I realized what these guys were doing was actually wrong, um, and I told my gran about it, she didn't believe me. She thought I encouraged them. And I trusted her enough to actually tell her, but she didn't value me enough to believe me. She didn't value me enough to think that I was innocent. I felt guilty having allowed them to do this, and my voice wasn't being heard. Um, nobody understood or valued me enough to listen to me. Um, I had so much anger and hurt inside of me that I needed something to, to actually just dull the pain. So in my early adulthood, I started drinking casually, and later on I just needed more to get through the day. By the age of 27, I was an alcoholic. Um, the alcohol just helped me cope with voices in my head that said I wasn't good enough. Um, my life had no value. I was drinking so much that at one point, I was about to lose my children. Um, by that time, I met Walter, and um, he started introducing me to God. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we belonged to another church then. But I remember going to evening services with Walter, having drank a few beers before going to the service. And to me, this church thing wasn't working. You know, God wasn't fixing me. I wanted God to fix me. But he wasn't fixing me. Um, yeah, my, my life was falling apart. My puzzle was just, just falling apart totally. And I, one day I was desperate. I didn't know what else to do. I was losing my kids. I was drunk all the time. And I actually went to the pastor of the church and I said to him, I don't know what to do. I can't do this anymore. And that's when he asked, did you actually give your life to God? And I said, no. So that's where I went and I gave my life to God. And I let God fix this puzzle um, and that's where my new journey began, where, where the journey of putting my puzzle or my life back together. Um, you see, we try so hard sometimes to fit in the missing pieces in our own strength that we forget to look at the master copy. 
Um, God has the master copy and only he knows which pieces fits in our lives. When we build a puzzle, yeah, we need to look at this, at God, at the master copy. Um, God began restoring me and fixing my, pe- uh, my pieces together. And about 2006-07, we moved to his people church. And God gave me a mother figure. He gave me Jenny, a person that can speak value into my lives. They can remind me that God sees me as being valuable. Um, I started learning about the cross of John 3, verse 16. Um, It says, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him, trusts in him, clings to rely on him, shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal life. I can't, I can't imagine giving one of my children up for any of you, but God did that for me. Um, he loved me a lot enough not to let me stay lost or on self-destruction path. He loved me enough to give up his son for me. Um, He valued me so much that he didn't want me to stay in the darkness, but he wanted me to come into the light. He started fixing the pieces of love in my life, started putting the pieces of love back in my life. He came and told me that I'm chosen. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. But you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, God's own purchase, special people, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfection of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, I I might have been abandoned by my mother, but God never abandoned me. He chose me. Um, He didn't leave me just in the darkness. He brought me into the light. He didn't leave me feeling unwanted, unloved. He loved me. Um, he, He wants us to experience his freedom, and his freedom comes with lots of forgiving. But... In order for me to walk into that freedom, I had to forgive. He became my father. I I didn't have an earthly father, but my father now is the king of kings. He's my father. I became a person of value because of who my father is. Um, He gave my voice back. I mean, I couldn't stand here years ago and tell you about this. I would have felt guilty or shame to tell you. Um, but my, my history became his story. His story of redemption, um, his story of everlasting love. You see, we cannot think that our life is so broken that we first have to fix it to come to God. You can't go and fix your own life, your own puzzle. Um, What are you going to use as your master copy? 
things from outside? Where are you going to find your value? From the master creator of the world. You see, our value is not determined by our history or our current circumstances. What we do, our value never changes in God's eyes. Um, he sees us the same. Whether we are broken or have all the pieces together, whether we came to God, let him fix pieces, gone away from God and lost some pieces on the way, there's nothing that we can do or people can do to us that we can say or we can do to people that change our value in God's eyes. You are valuable to him because he first chose you. He first loved you. And he created a masterpiece, a valuable person. You. Wow, that took courage. Well done, Nils. Proud of you. I want to uh, go to Amu, if you can just put the slide up that says God's chosen treasure um, and starts our value after, yes. I, I just have a couple of points here that I want to... Uh, that are capturing a bit of what Nolene said and, and a bit more of a bit of what I said. And, and maybe the question could be, so what? So what? Okay, I'm valuable, so what? But some of these things, our value is rooted in who we are and flows out of who we've been created or made to be and who our creator is. Nolene shared it so well. What we do and our actions flows out of our value. They are not the source of our value. So, so many people try and bring value or make themselves of value because of what they do. But what we do and how we what we do, our, our everyday things, it's meant to flow from who we are, our value inside, flowing outside. Our value comes from the inside, not from the outside, not from people's judgments. Nolene's value is not based, was not based on what pe how other people saw her. Her value was because God made her, because of how, how he made her, how he created her to be. And with so many of us, this is the key point, that our value comes from the inside of us. It comes from who we are. It doesn't come from what kind of car you drive. It concerns me today in our communities and our society today 
how many people are driving and spending loads of money on really big cars, but yet their own personal lives and, and how their homes and their children, etc., they are not putting value into their children and, and their themselves because it's like trying to get their value from what they look like on the outside, the clothes and the externals, get value or communicate that I am valuable, but they, they don't know that they are valuable inside themselves. It doesn't flow from the inside out. And we, this people's judgments, as Nolene said, the, the judgments of how people saw her, Nolene believed that instead of believing herself, believing God, knowing what God said about her and the inside. Um, and, and we need to, why am I sharing this? Why am I sharing about value? Because I'm wanting to invite you and challenge you to examine your beliefs about your value and say, God, help my beliefs about my value to line up with who you've actually made me to be. Because out of how we believe, what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about other people, will, that will determine our actions. That will determine the decisions we make, how we see things. I valued... Nolene, I value what she has to bring to our church. And because of that, and today, there are many that could have said, well, Nolene, her history, she doesn't have stuff to bring here. Who, what can I learn from, from her? But I valued her. I value Nolene has a message because of the victory that God has given her, as she has, has allowed God to reveal the value that he has put inside of her. She has a message to all of us today. And not just today, but going forward. Because we can look, we can look and judge and say, I see her history, she is worthless. I am better than her. No, you're not. You are different, and your value is precious, and her value is precious. But our society today judges her, judges those that have walked like that. We have students, we have young people who, who feel so unvalued because right now they're still in that place of, of abuse is their mirror that they are holding up that is speaking to them of what their value is. And they are needing us, they are needing moms to come and to say to them, that is not who you are. Your value is of much, you are valuable and precious. That is not who you are. That is not your value. But our sense of value, uh, my, my last point on here, my sense of value leads to how I relate to and experience money, opportunities, 
time, sleep, possessions, relationships. Each of those areas are things that we, uh, uh, I could unpack or we could unpack. Is my value, just, uh, just unpack a little bit the thing of money or finances, is where does our money come from? Does our money come from our job, come from out there, our parents who give us something, um, etc.? Does our money come from out there, or does our money flow from the fact that I have value? I have value, and so I am able to produce wealth. Because I have value, and so where I go, I can bring value. And that value has a monetary, uh, there, there's an amount attached, an amount. There is a monetary value that is attached to it. I am able to create wealth. And where we don't value ourselves enough, we don't value our ability to bring to create wealth, to have wealth, we're relying on, we're saying it's outside of us. Other people can determine my value and give me what they think I'm worth, as opposed to, can you see how it can make a difference, how we see it? I can create wealth. I'm not dependent only on people paying me. I can make brownies and sell them. I can, um, Abigail creates, can make items from her own creativity and gain wealth because she brings a value. If I leave a company that I'm working for, I take my value with me. They no longer benefit from my value. And I can take my value and invest it where I will. But we need to see and appreciate our own value. You are valuable. Where are you going to invest yourself? Where are you going to allow your value to come forth? And do you value others? can just jump to, it's nearly the last slide, Amu, just these last few points. People of value value people. When we understand that we are valuable, we value other people and we communicate that. You're valuable. Where are you going to invest yourself? Think about that. Have you, you've got stuff to give. Where are you investing it? Or are you just taking and taking because you see your definition or the people who define you and give you value are out there? And so I've got to take from them all the time. And my value is dependent on the people. If I say that my value and the value of this church is only dependent on what other people are saying of me, it's going to be much less than what God sees of me because my value is not from the outside, it's from the inside. And as we value others, 
Value others how you want others to value you. That we outwork that. And I want to just finish off with a poem called The Old Violin. And, I, and, I, and I'm not going to say more after this. But The Old Violin, it's a poem by someone called Myra Welsh. And it's uh, The Old Violin and the Importance of the Touch of the Master's Hand. And it starts, "'Twas battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it hardly worth his while to waste his time on the old violin. But he held it up with a smile. "'What am I bid, good people?' he cried. "'Who starts the bidding for me? "'One dollar, one dollar, do I hear two? Two dollars, who makes it three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice, going for three. But no, from the room far back, a gray-bearded man came forward and picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening up the strings, he played a melody, pure and sweet, as sweet as the angel sings. The music ceased and the auctioneer with a voice that was quiet and low said, What now am I bid for this old violin? As he held it aloft with its bow. One thousand, one thousand, do I hear two? Two thousand. Who makes it three? Two three thousand once. 3,000 twice, going and gone, said he. The audience cheered, but some of them cried. We just don't understand. What changed its worth? Swift came the reply, the touch of the master's hand. And many a man with life out of tune, all battered and bruised with hardship, is auctioned cheap to a thoughtless crowd, much like that old violin. A mess of pottage, a glass of wine, a game, and he travels on. He is going once, he is going twice, he is going and almost gone. But the master comes, and the foolish crowd never can quite understand the worth of a soul and the change that is wrought by the touch of the master's hand. Let's pray. Father God, we recognize that you are the master today. And we ask you to touch each of our lives, just as this violin was touched by the master's hand. Many of us, Lord, feel often like that old, rusty, dusty violin in a corner. And the world and the devil wants to auction us off and say that we are cheap and valueless. But yet, Lord, you 
have placed such great value, such great treasure inside of each of us. And so, Master, the Master's hand, we place ourselves into your hand right now. We ask you to play us well. Bring out our value. Help us to value ourselves for who you've made us to be, who you've called us to be, who you've destined us to be. And not as the world sees, as those of us around, others around see, and as we so often see ourselves. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.hispeoplepmb.co.za and for more of our messages, visit our YouTube and SoundCloud channels as well as other podcast platforms. If you would like to contact us, please email us at hispeoplepmb at gmail.com or send a message to 061-452-0877. We hope to see you soon. God bless you.